I haven't quite got everything out about the longevity that I felt that we should. I uh, just wanted to, to maybe summarize some things and, and finish some things along this line. How many believe that it's God's will for us to have a long, full life? You believe that? Uh, there are too many scriptures that teach us this for us to question it and doubt it. Let's look at our text that we've looked at repeatedly in Psalm 91. You know, this whole psalm is a wonderful passage. We just skip down to the latter part of it in verse 14. Psalm 91:14 says, Because he has set his love upon me, the Lord's talking now, therefore will I deliver him. How many know if the Lord tells you he's going to deliver you, what can you count on? He will do it. He said, I'll set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I like that. Don't you? With long life. Say it out loud. With long life. He will satisfy me. And show me his salvation. Um, any number of scriptures that we've already mentioned to you won't necessarily take the time to, to go over all of them. But in Psalm 91 here, he told us he'd satisfy us with long life. In Exodus 23, he said, if you serve the Lord, he'll bless your bread and water, take sickness out of your midst. And verse 26, he said, the NIV says, I will give you a full life span. Psalm 103, verse 5, he said, He satisfies your mouth with good things, and your youth is renewed like the eagles. Can you say amen? We mentioned different individuals like Abraham and David and Job and, and uh, Jehoiada, different ones that the Bible talks about at the end of their life, that they were full of years. Uh, they died in a good age, old, satisfied. Concerning David, it says he died having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Uh, Job said he died being old and full of days. Jehoiada, he died full of days. There's a fullness and a satisfaction that you and I should experience before we pass off the scene. Right? We should not die with a lot of unfinished business. A lot of things that we didn't do that we should have done. We've already read that, you know, you can die early. You can die young. Like Ecclesiastes 7 says, don't be overmuch foolish. Don't be wicked. Why should you die? The margin says, not in your time are before your time. Psalm 55 says, Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. So there are certain ways you can live that cut your life short. And you die not having done what you should have done. Die not having finished your course and completed your race. And so if it's God's will <coughs> that we should live a long time and finish our course, and if it's our will, then who's bigger than God? And if God's for us, then who can successfully be against us? We need to make up our mind that this belongs to us. Let's have it. Let's believe for it. And not believe lies that we're old when we're actually middle-aged. Right? Young or middle-aged. How many realize that a lot of people are calling middle-aged old? According to what we've seen in the scriptures. So... Um, 
we, we talked about that this long life is not just a matter of being here a long time. I mean, if you're miserable, you wouldn't want to be here a lot longer. <laughs> but it's, uh, we're talking quality of life. And the Bible talks about, you know, uh, uh, concerning the quality of life in Psalm 71. It says, the Lord, uh, forsake me not until I have showed your strength to this generation and your power to everyone that is to come. This is not a weak, decrepit, latter life. This is a showing of strength. Spiritual strength, a showing of the knowledge of God. You know, the longer we walk on this earth, the longer we walk with God, the more benefit and value we are to be to people around about us. And it's a sad reality that a lot of people, just about the time they, they get to know God enough and get enough faith to be useful, well, then they leave. And so we don't want to leave early. We want to make sure that we've done everything that we need to do before we go. Psalm 92.14 says, They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. The NAS says, They'll be full of sap and very green. <laughs> We're not talking about just biding your time, are we? We're not talking about just, you know, whiling away the hours in the rocking chair. We're talking about full of sap. Amen. Bearing fruit in old age, Psalm 92 says. We found that uh, contrary to what some teach and believe, there is not a preset time that you have to die. People misquote Hebrews 9.27. And they say, well, you know, the Bible says it's appointed unto man a time to die. That didn't say that. It said it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. If the Lord tarries is coming long enough... None of us are going to live forever, but uh, we will die one time if, you know, the Lord tarries is coming long enough for us to live out our full length. And thank God the second death has no power on us. Can't touch us. But he's not talking about that. We see Paul in Philippians talking about, I'm in a strait betwixt two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but he said it's needful to, to stay here with you. I, he said, I don't know, I want not, I don't know which one I'm going to choose. So obviously you and I have a lot of say-so in the matter. We have a choice as to whether we give up and perish or whether we stay and fight and finish. Right? You know, I think it would help us if we would change our phraseology more in line with the Scripture. You hear a lot of times people talking about God took this one, or God took that one. You see a 14-year-old, a you know, uh, at a, the, a young person that died in their funeral, and somebody said, well, God took that, that boy, or God took that girl. Actually, accurately, you, there's only a couple of instances in the Scripture where you could say God took them. One of them was Enoch. Another one was Elijah. The rest of the time, it'd be more appropriate to say they went to be with the Lord. They went home to be with Him as opposed to just saying God took them. And the, the reality is a lot of times people go early. They go before their time. They go too soon. And sometimes people just give up and quit. I know working in healing school for a number of years, uh, that's one of the biggest things that you had to work with is getting people to, if they've been attacked seriously and get tired and get weak, uh, one of the biggest temptations is just to give up and quit and go on. It gets easier to go on than to stay. It takes a certain amount of strength. You've got to be willing to fight. 
and to stay and to stand. And that's, you need a good purpose to live. You need a good reason to stay. The devil will lie to you, tell you that you're not valuable, tell you that you're not important, but he's a liar. Everybody say it out loud, the devil's a liar. Say it out loud, I'm an important part of this ministry. I'm an important part of the kingdom of God, of the body of Christ. See, God, God didn't make any mistakes. You're not an afterthought. He didn't, you, you didn't just pop up and he went, well, what am I going to do with them? I guess I'm about to find somewhere to put them. No, no. Sometimes even people say, yeah, well, I was a mistake. My parents didn't plan me. They didn't create your spirit. And they certainly didn't recreate you in the new birth. You are not a mistake where God's concerned. You're not an afterthought. Where he, is, he knew you before the foundation of the world. Amen. And we were chosen in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Don't you believe a moment of the devil's lies about that thing? You're important. You're valuable. And if you don't feel that way, it may be because you're not doing all that you should do. You, you may not be operating in your full grace and gift. And that can change. You can get serious. You can get to seeking God. And as you follow Him, He'll even add grace to you. Add things to you. And the more of yourself you give to Him, the more He'll use. You give half of yourself to Him, He'll use that. You give all of yourself to Him, He'll use all of it. I think it'd be good for us to stir ourselves up and desire to give more of ourselves to Him this year. And He could use more of us. Well, uh, we, we talked about how old is old. Do you remember that? How old is old? And uh, we said there is a, a misconception that some have. Some will quote Psalm 90. Verse 10, where it says the days of, of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be uh, fourscore, uh, yet their strength, labor, and sorrow were soon cut off. Uh, many have taken that as to, as to be the approximate maximum, 70 or 80, that we could or should expect to live. As we mentioned to you before, if you look at the whole psalm, the subtitle there is a psalm of Moses, the man of God. And if you look at the context, it's probably referring to the time that the Israelites were wandering around out in the wilderness. And all that whole generation died out, and they were all dying, the men of war that were about 40 years of old and age and upward, they're dying from about about age 70 and even the strong ones are not making it past 80 but you look at the whole psalm he's not talking about how blessed they are he's talking about the anger of God against them and their sins and etc etc and if that were the case if God had set the maximum limit of a human being's life at 70 or 80 then nobody would be living past that today are you with me? If God said, all right, the maximum of human beings' life is 80 years, then nobody would be past that today. But we went back to Genesis 6-3, where people were living almost a thousand years at a time. And God said, he said, you know, uh, my spirit will not always strive with uh, man, for he's also flesh. The days of man will be 120 years. And uh, to my knowledge, nothing has changed what he said at that time. And it's interesting to note that even now today, in 1997, we have people that are, are 98 now, people that are living that long. If one person could live that long, what do we know? Somebody else could. Right? And uh, even in the New Testament, we have people like, you remember Anna the prophetess? In Luke 2, the Bible said she was of great age. Well, it, it, you have to do a little math there, but it tells you 
that she uh, had uh, lived with a husband a few years from her virginity and then she'd been a widow for this number of years. If you add it all up, it doesn't tell you how old she was when she got married, but let's be conservative and go low. If she was just 13, it would put her at age 104. And she's not dead yet. And this is in the New Testament. How many are with me? So we, we see that people can live uh, to 100 plus. We see that people can live up to 120. They're doing it in our lifetime. We have two examples. There's this lady from France uh, and this lady, excuse me, this man from Japan who died in 1986 at 120. And this lady, they just celebrated her birthday not too many weeks ago. She's 120. This is right now, in this time, in our lifetime. So it's obvious people can make it that long. We're told that right now there's over 50,000 people over age 100 in this country. That's a lot of folk. I mean, if you put all these people on the property, 50,000 over age 100. But in just a few years, the figures begin to be staggering. Those who study these things tell us that perhaps by the year 2030, there may be, in, they're guessing, they're thinking between 1.5 and 4 million people over age 100. So, um, you know, the Lord tears is coming. Why should you and I be in a rush to get out of here? Especially if you hadn't done everything that you felt satisfied with in the previous years of your life. Well, just stick around and uh, catch up on it. Do it right this time. How many know what I'm talking about? See, I, one of these guys that I was talking about, he, reading about rather, he was uh, 105 or something. He was in this certain occupation for 50 years. That's wild to be and, and retired from that and started over in a totally different occupation and, went, and was in it another 40 years. My word. <laughs> See, a lot of people think if they do something for 25 years and retire that they really did something. Well, you live this long, you could have several different careers. Of course, you know, the most important thing is the call of God on your life Amen. and doing that and finishing that. Fulfilling it. Don't ever look back. I said, don't ever look back. The writer of the Ecclesiastes said, don't, don't say, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? He said, you don't inquire wisely concerning this. Don't ever look back and go, well, what about the good old days? Because if you have faith, the best things are in front. Amen? Thank God for the good things, but no reason to look back and pine away and want to go back to that. The best things, if you believe God, are yet to come. They're in front. Are you believing God for that? You, are you sold on that? Hallelujah. Well, uh, the thing that I wanted to, to finish up are what we, what we might call Bible principles or Bible keys to longevity. Like most things, there's a Godward side and there's a manward side. Are there any things that you and I can and should do that would affect us living a long time? And the answer is yes. There are several things the scripture tells us. And I want to mention these specifically, take just a little time with each one. I noted that in some of these articles, 
Some of these people are studying longevity. And uh, more and more money for research is being granted to people to study these things nowadays. And their big question is, why do these people live this long? What is causing... They usually come back to genetics. And that's about all they know to talk about. But even some of them are beginning to recognize some other things. But when you know the one who made DNA... And you understand that even if you, even if you didn't have the perfect genes for longevity, the one who made you could tweak your genes just a little bit. Just, just tweak them a little bit. Tweak your DNA and then you're fine and fixed. And uh, then you also pass on those improved genes to your kids and grandkids. Do you know that problems that are uh, inherited are part of the curse of the law? If you go back, you know, Galatians 3, we just quoted a minute, minute ago, uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, the curse of the law is mentioned back in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, among other things. In Deuteronomy 28, he says, uh, uh, talking about the curses of the disease, things in the law, how that uh, strokes upon you and upon your children, problems on you and on your seed. Well, see, these are things that are carried from one generation to another, and that's part of the curse of the law. What's the good news about that? We've been redeemed. I said, we've been redeemed from things inherited and from things, you know, uh, passed down through, through generations. And for one thing, we need to stop it in our generation and not pass it on to the next. Right? How many believe it would be an easy thing for God to reach in and tweak your DNA? You think, it, you think it'd confuse him or trouble him or would he have a hard time? Are you kidding me? He could do it and you never know it. He <laughs> could go, Lord, fix my DNA. He'd say, okay, it's fixed. Huh? I don't feel any different. Yeah, but it's fixed. Can he do it? All things are possible with God, but all things are possible to him or her that believes. Claim it. Believe it. Don't expect it. Problems that your parents and forefathers had believed to be free from them. Number one here that I want to mention to you on keys to longevity. Bible keys to long life, we could say. People have their ideas what they think, but that really doesn't amount to much. What the Bible says is sure. If the Bible says if you do this, you'll live long, we can count on it. Let people, they can theorize, they can run their test, and they can wonder if it affects or not. We know it. If the Bible says this will affect you toward longevity, we can count on it. We're not, we don't have to waste millions of dollars trying to figure it out. It's right here. Just believe it. Number one that I've already mentioned to you, and this is just kind of a summary of what we've already gone over. You need to believe what we've been talking about, that God wants you to have a long life. You need to believe that longevity is my redemptive covenant right. I have a right and I actually have a responsibility to stay here until I finish my whole course and with this realize that death is an enemy. Isn't it? It's the last enemy that will be put underfoot. I don't have to just embrace death. Uh, if, if need be, fight disease. Fight problems. You've got to be a fighter. I'm not talking about fighting other people, but the scripture says fight the good fight of faith. 
When Paul got toward the end of his course, that's what he, he, he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. How did he make it all the way to the end of his course? He told you, I fought a good fight. I'm a fighter. I'm not a quitter. Right? That's how he made it to the end of his course. And the end of it, he tells you, it's right there. Play. I fought. What's the good fight? The good faith fight. And there will be things. Depression will try to come. Uh, oppression, heaviness, defeat, any number of things. Disease, poverty, lack. But what do we do with them if they show up? Never do we just roll over and say, well, que sera, sera. I'm just going to put this in the hands of the Lord. And if He wants to bring me out, He will. And if He don't, I'll disappear. No, no, we know what His will is. The Bible said, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We see, we know it's the will of the Lord for us to live, to be healthy, to be strong, to be prosperous, to live a long time. So anything that would try to keep that from happening is an enemy. It's a lie. It's a deception. We fight it. I said we fight it. Something comes and tells you that you've got to die with this disease at 29. You don't roll over. You fight. I said you fight. Different things come and tell you that, well, this is just your lot in life. You have to be poor. You just, your, your folks were poor. Your grandfolks were poor. You're poor. Your kids are going to be poor. Fight it. I don't know about you, but there came a time in my life when I was fed up with poverty. I mean, just, I've been poor till I was fed up with it. Sickening. How many know what I'm talking about? You just, you think, this is it. Tired of this. As long as you'll have it, you'll have it. As long as you'll tolerate it, as long as you'll put up with that in your body or in your life, you're going to have it. But the moment you stand up and begin to fight, resist the devil and what will happen? He'll flee. So you've got to be a fighter. That's a key to longevity. As I've mentioned to you, we've seen numerous people come in and out of healing school in times past that the doctor said you only have X amount of time that are alive and well and on the job today, years later. And one thing that every one of them have in common is they were and are fighters. They wouldn't quit. There were times it looked like there's no way you can make it. There's no way. You got this wrong. You got that wrong. Everybody that's ever had that is dead and gone. And yet they'd look up and go, yeah, but I will not die, but live. And declare the work and glory of the Lord. And they believed it, and they said it, and they have what they say. So, are there any wimps in this room? Any little whiny babies? <laughs> any little weakling quitters? No, no, no. What are we? We're strong in the Lord, and the power of His might, and we are good faith fighters. The devil messes with us, he messed with the wrong one. He should have messed with somebody that just take it. But we're going to make him eat it. I said, we're going to make him eat it. We're not just going to be conquerors. We're going to be more than conquerors. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? I think about Brother Hagin. I think about how the devil, you know, attacked him with the problems that he had, uh, you know, the deformed chest cavity, the, the blood disease, all those things, and how that I'm sure the devil now wishes he hadn't done that. Don't you think? I mean, that, that was a big mistake. Because not only did, he, did the Lord help him and did he get healed, 
But then he has told people all over the world how the devil wasn't big enough to kill him and how God healed him and how God delivered I mean, he's making him eat it. The devil should have picked somebody that would have just rolled over and died. So when he attacks you with something, you just say, Huh, buddy, you messed up this time. You messed up. You picked the wrong guy. You picked the wrong woman. You picked the wrong person. Because I'm not rolling over. I'm not quitting. I'm not dying. I'm not staying and putting up with this. You shouldn't have done this. And if he tries to draw it out and say, Hey, man, just make it light on yourself. Because the longer this thing goes, the worse it is, the better the testimony. Because I'm not quitting. You should have picked somebody that would have quit because I'm not. If it's prosperity, make up your mind. I'm not quitting till every bill is paid. I'm totally out of debt and I'm giving big checks to the church. And many, I'm going to make you eat it. You mess with me. I've proven this. I, uh, uh, last year, there was a certain situation that the Lord put on my heart to sow in a certain area. And man, I started to do that. And it looked like the devil tried to jump on me with both feet. I mean, my finances froze. You ever been there? I mean, look like there ain't no way you, you can't even stay afloat, much less do that. I said, all right, all right, bad boy, just for that. Just for, take this, take this. I'm going to bump it up. I'm increasing that by 15,000. Pop, pop. Take that. <laughs> so what'd you, what happened? It came in. I said, it came in. Bump it up. Slap him. I'm telling you how to do it. You cannot be a wimpy crybaby. You cannot run into your bedroom and lay in there and cry and go, oh, I just don't know this is. I'm a faith person. This is not supposed to be happening to me. Uh, you don't know what faith is. <laughs> do what? Fight the good fight of faith. How did Paul, the great apostle Paul, how did he make it all the way to the finishing his course? He told you, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. What do, you, what do you have to do? You had to fight. Not fighting people. Our enemies, not flesh and blood. What kind of fight? A good faith fight. Fight depression. Fight fear. Fight worry. Fight unbelief. Even when you feel like crying, I don't care if your knees are knocking. I don't care if goosebumps are double parked on your neck. <laughs> It looks like it's all over. You're down. You're out. Stand up shaking and trembling and say, I don't care. I don't care. None of these things move me. I believe it shall be even as God has told me. Just never quit. People that you see that are successful in the things of God, they're not people that knew everything. They're not people that never made mistakes. They're people that would not quit. Even if they made a mistake and fell down, they repented, they got up, and they went back at it. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't quit. Say it out loud again, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a whiny baby. I'm a fighter. I'm a good faith fighter. And I'm a winner. Didn't he tell you, if you'd fight the good faith, didn't the Lord tell you that he always causes us to triumph? Always. 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 What if you quit and give up though? Well, there's nothing for him to prosper. You got to give him something to bless. You got to give him something to put. So if you'll just keep answering the bell, what are you guaranteed? 
you're going to win. That ought to help you, shouldn't it? Well, a second thing here is that, that is a key to longevity is wisdom from God's Word. Or you could just say the wisdom of God. If you read the Proverbs, you find again and again that he talks about wisdom in connection with long life. He said, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. The years of your life will be many. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. By me your days will be multiplied. The years of your life will be increased. Does wisdom connect with longevity? You know, there are a lot of people that are not with us today just because of foolishness. They, they were a fool. They did something that was just ignorant and foolish and it cost them their life. The wisdom of God will spare you. And you know the good thing about it is we have the spirit of wisdom inside us. The Holy Ghost. The spirit of wisdom. And He, even though, now I'm not saying that you have to be super smart. No, we got the spirit of wisdom inside us. He will lead you in wisdom. Wisdom beyond your head. There are things that, you know, I know in all of our lives we could look back, the Lord led you to do this, and at the time you didn't know why, but later on you saw, man, it was wisdom. It saved you this, it put you in a good position for this. A key here is just being led. I said being led by the Spirit of God. I believe that the Lord is always endeavoring to protect us and to keep us, don't you? But that's not all there is to it. The the big key is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? I think I told you this story, but it might bear repetition. Uh, some years ago, I was over at the prayer and healing center on the phones, and this lady calls in. She was elderly, and she had been uh, mugged. Did I tell you this last time? I thought I told you this. But anyway, she was upset because she said she quoted the 91st Psalm that day. I'll just shorten it real quick here. But but uh, she wanted to know why the Lord let that happen. Because she quoted the 91st Psalm that day. She had prayed in tongues that day. And yet she went off and, and in some of her travels and got mugged. Well, I didn't know what to tell her. I mean, I was searching my heart while she was talking to me. And, and the Lord prompted me to ask her about this. I said, well, now, where did this happen? Well, it was in a real bad part of town. And I said, well, uh, you, I guess you had to be down there. She said, well, no, I didn't. Uh, she said, actually, I had a real check about going down there. <laughs> well, see, that's the problem. You, you can't confess protection and the Lord's dealing with you, don't do it, don't do it. And you say, yeah, but I'm just going to believe God will protect me anyway and go on. Well, no, that, that's not going to work. I said, that's not going to work. You know, you cannot separate exercising authority or exercising faith from being led by the Spirit. The two go hand in hand. If, and many people have messed up, they've had all kinds of mistakes because of that. Uh, you and I both, you know, there have been situations where we, uh, you know, we had a check about doing that, but we went on and did it, and it cost us. Thank God we're still alive, right, in the Lord's mercy. But this is a big key to staying alive, to avoiding the accidents and the problems. We need to be led every day. Be sensitive, follow those leadings. It could save your life. I remember Dr. John G. Lake talking about this in some of his writings. He said he was driving on this mountainous road one time. And he's driving along. And the Spirit of God prompted him, pull over into the left lane and stop. And and he's on a mountainous, curvy road. You can't see around the curves. And that would be the wrong side of the road. 
And he, his mind, you know, argued with that just a minute. He thought, what do I want to do? If the car comes around the curve and I'm on the wrong... And he said, it came up again. Pull over on the side and stop. Well, he's still... He's, this happened in just a few seconds, but his, his head is... It came up real strong. Pull over on the side and stop. It came up so strong, he just did it without thinking. You know, that's how we want to be, too. That we're so used to yielding to the Holy Ghost that we'll just yield and think about it later. It came up strong. He just did it. He's sitting there. No longer is he stopped there until this truck comes around the curve out of control. I guess the brakes weren't working, whatever. And it was because it was out of control, it was on his side of the road where he would have been. And if he'd have been there, it would have hit him, pushed him off the side of the mountain and killed him. It comes screeching around there. And as soon as it passed, he pulled back over into his lane and went on down the road. The wisdom of God. See, even the, the term, the manifestation of the Spirit, word or wisdom, has to do with revelation concerning the future. Revelation concerning the plan and the will of God. We have the Spirit of wisdom in us. Amen? If we'll follow His leadings and follow His direction, He'll keep us out of trouble. He'll spare us. Uh, something that the devil had planned for us, the Lord will deal with us. No, I don't do that today. It's got to be frustrating to the devil to set up all these elaborate plans and then the Lord keeps us two steps ahead of the game. We're going along, and the devil's got a big old booby trap there. And the Lord said, no, don't step there. Step over here. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, the devil's there, you know, foiled again. <laughs> so I'm interested in what we're talking about, that a key to longevity is the wisdom of God. And a big key to operating in this wisdom, of course, feeding on the Word of God. But then we have the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of God in us. He'll lead us in the wisdom of God every day. And this is our security and our protection. Everybody said out loud, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the wisdom of God. Now, a third principle here. And I don't have too many of these. I may not be able to finish them today. I don't think I will. There's actually six things I want to mention to you, if, if time allows. Not all today. But a third one here that the Bible teaches us is the principle of honor. Learning and practicing honor is a key to long life. Longevity. You remember, don't you, Ephesians 6 in the New Testament, and this is quoting from Exodus 20. He said, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. What's a key to living long on the earth? Honoring. Honoring. Now, he, he mentions honor your mother, your father and your mother. The scripture says uh, in Proverbs 10, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Now, I, I believe there are many things here. Sometimes people have only seen just the immediate aspect of, you know, obeying and honoring your mother and father. And if somebody didn't do that, they may think, well, man, I've blown it. No way I can live long now. I didn't honor my mother and father. Well, it's, it's not too late. You still have uh, elders around. You still have spiritual elders. You can still practice honor. Right? It's regrettable if you did not in times past. But uh, there are people that are brought up not being taught honor at all. And if you learn to honor father and mother, you're learning the honor of God. 
You learn how to apply that honor and respect to your teachers, to your principal, to your coaches, to your instructors. You learn to apply that honor to your civil leaders, to your employers, to your pastors, to your leaders. If you understand honor in the home, you just understand honor in general and honoring God. And if you honor God, you honor His Word and honor His principles and honor His name, this is a key to living a long time. And not just a a just length of time, but that it might be well with you. Can you say amen? Not just length of time, but quality length of time. So, you know, the Lord led me this past year to do a study on honor, and I've taught on it out on the road quite a bit. And I mean, it's an amazing study. Just the study of the honor of God. I believe it's a great key even to the move of the Spirit, don't you? That the more we learn how to honor and reverence the Holy Spirit and reverence the things of God, well, then we're going to see greater manifestations. And if you honor God and honor His people and honor His things, you're going to live a quality of life and a mentality of heart and and heart mindset that will cause you to live year after year after year, quality of life, long life. The Bible tells us so. How many believe it? So if you have children, teach them. The qualities of honor and uh, practice it. You know, it's not just to be taught, but it's to be demonstrated. People, children need to see their parents honoring their employers, honoring their pastors, honoring their spiritual leaders, teaching not just by word, but by word and deed. Action. Can you say amen? Let me touch on this one quickly, and then we'll start up on this other one in our next session. The fourth one here that we see from the scriptures keys to longevity and this is control of the tongue number four control of the tongue does it make any difference whether you live long or not as pertaining to your tongue what you do with it well what does the scripture say psalm 34 and then that's quoted in first peter 3 it says what man is he that desires life and loves many days Many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. In the New Testament, 1 Peter 3, he quotes that passage and he says it like this. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Does it make any difference how long we live? In connection with how we talk. Well see when he says. Watch your tongue and your lips. That you don't speak evil. That you don't speak guile. Well guile would have to do with deception. Evil is a much broader subject. Than some people think. You wouldn't have to be cussing. As we say. Using four letter words. To be talking evil. Ephesians says. Let no corrupt communication. Proceed out of your mouth. Don't talk death you know those spies that came back and and brought up an evil report the Bible says about the land they didn't say they were cussing and using foul language they just said they're big we're little I know God said it's ours but it's not we can't do it the Bible says that's evil talking doubt and unbelief in the light of God's word is evil talking death when God says life is evil 
We need to talk life. We need to talk victory. We need to talk healing. We need to talk prosperity. I mean, just take the faith principle of it. How many times are people guilty of talking, you know, they're 40 years old and they say, well, I guess I'm just getting old. Well, I can't remember things like I used to. I guess my old knees are going on me. That's talking evil. I said, that's, that's, uh, in other words, instead of saying evil, let's just say bad. How many know that's not good talk? It's bad talk. I mean, if the maximum life expectancy we could believe for is 120, then 60 is what? Halfway. Middle-aged. People don't believe that. They don't think like that at all. <laughs> then why should you be talking about how old and over the hill and decrepit you are and everything is going to pot? I can't see anymore. can't hear anymore. My joints are frizz up. <laughs> I guess I'm just over the hill. How old are you? 53. Over the hill. Well, as a man thinks in his heart. So is. If you believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth, that's what you'll have. See, if you want to live long and full, man, you got to get a hold of this thing right under your nose. Right? You got to get a hold of, you, you cannot talk. You know, I, I was just studying, excuse me, re- reading a couple articles of God, and they were saying that what they were finding in their research is that loss of memory and mental problems and dementia is not just a problem of old age. They had assumed it was. But they have done autopsies on people that were well over a hundred, and a lot of their brains were in better shape than some 60 year olds. And they found that the aging process varies widely. Some people age way too quick. Others are aging much slower than people that are the same chronological age. So, I mean, it's something we should already have known. This is just the outer shell. This is just the body. The spirit on the inside is being renewed day by day. And the Spirit of God can and should be quickening this mortal flesh. Yeah, we're not going to stop the aging process, but you don't have to be totally useless. Because you've been around for a few decades. That's a lie of the devil. I said it's a lie of the devil. We've got to talk, not evil, not bad, but good. Two, two main things we're getting to here about the tongue. Number one, talk life over yourself. The Bible said in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. I mean, if you start walking out the door and your knee does a funny thing, don't just act like the sinner down the block and go, oh man, my knee, what's wrong with my knee? I guess that's old football injury. Oh man, I guess my age is catching up with me now. Brother, any sinner down the street can talk like that. What if it feels weak and it acts weak? Let the weak say. All right, Nina, cut that out. I call you strong in Jesus' name. How's your weak knee doing? Oh, you mean my strong knee. I've renamed it. (laughs) I have renamed it. This is my strong knee. How about that weak eye? What weak eye? I've got a strong eye and then a stronger eye. 
That's the one that was weak. We renamed it. Let the weak say. I'm, and let the redeemed of the Lord. Not just think about it. Say so. Call it. Talk strength over your body. Get out of your vocabulary all of this old stuff. All this over the hill stuff. All this wore out stuff. Well, I guess I'm past my prime. That's talking death. It's talking defeat. How many stuff? People make jokes about this stuff every day. Let's help each other. If so, if a fellow employee is telling us about how old they are, you just look at them and go, hey buddy, you got a lot of miles left in you. Right? 60's halfway. 60's halfway. <laughs> Most of y'all don't believe that at all. <laughs> Fine. Hey, do what you want to do. But we, we have a right with long life I'll satisfy. A secondary talk, don't talk death, don't talk disease, don't talk defeat, talk life, talk strength. Don't talk problems. Talk healed, whole, all the time. That's, that's all you talk. Secondly, refrain your lips from evil and your tongue that it speaks no guile. Watch what you say about other people. Especially other, other Christians, especially other ministers, other ministries. I tell you, just personally, I can't talk about you, but personally, I, the, some of the roughest that the Lord's ever been on me about Him correcting me and rebuking me and really dealing sternly with me have been a, a time here or there that I said something about somebody that I shouldn't have. I mean it. If you know how he feels about it, it's... How I many understand that that all of his children are his children? I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how badly they're messing up. He loves them every bit as much as he loves you. Right? And it is never okay to talk about somebody. And it'll cost you. Because what, what happens when, when a lot of times people are thinking, well, I, well, this is what I think. Well, I just don't think they should have done that. And I think they should have done this. What you're doing is judging. People call it showing their opinion, but they're judging them. And what happens when you judge? You will be judged. And it can get serious enough that it can shorten your life. Controlling your tongue is a key to living long. It's a key to longevity. Keep life and health and faith in your mouth. And then also, if it comes to talking about people, just even if there's any gray question about it, just don't do it. I've had people ask me before, what do you think about so-and-so? And sometimes I've said, well, I don't. I don't let myself. Because after all, you know, it's, it's not our call. They're, we're not their judge. Right? It's actually a freeing thing when you realize I don't have to make a call on everything. Well, is that right or is that wrong? There's a whole lot of things that's just none of my business. I don't have to say yay or nay about it. That's between them and the Lord. Right? And if you're smart, if there's an opportunity, you will sow some mercy. Because that's definitely what you're going to reap. If it ever comes around towards you, which it could very easily... You would want to, to receive some mercy. And you say, well, man, I don't, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know how that was happening. I don't know what they were going through. I'm just praying for them, believing they'll come out. I want to see them do good. Right? Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no 
guile. If you do that, he said, that'll help you to see many days, the psalmist said, to see good days, First Peter said. Longevity is ours. What do we have to do with it? Here's some things. In our next lesson, unless the, something else comes up, the Lord leads otherwise, we'll get into these next two. And these are some biggies too. But uh, how many believe you can do these things that we've already talked about? Can you, do, can you be a fighter? Can you? What was the next one? Can you follow the direction of the wisdom of God in your life? Can, the, can you follow the leadings of the Lord? What was the next one? Can you practice honor? Can you show reference and respect for God and His things and other people? And then fourthly, can you control that tongue? I tell you, you're the only one that can. If you don't, nobody else will. Nobody else can. Won't you stand up with me? Let's speak some good things over ourselves before we go. Said out loud again, I'm a fighter. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a weakling. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm the power of His might. My spirit is strong. My mind is strong. My body is strong. The strong one lives in me. The greater one is in me. The greater one is on me. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. And I'll live long. I'm strong. And I'll live long. The Lord tears his coming. I'll live long. I'll run my whole race. I'll finish my entire course. And I'll finish it with joy. I'll finish it strongly. The joy of the Lord's my strength. I'm strong and I'll live long. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.